You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. Record breakers, a grand final at the first attempt. A few team seasons are over, whilst others live to fight another day. And joining me to discuss all the action is my co-host, VIG. Good evening, mate. Happy Greek Easter for yesterday. Good evening. Happy Easter. Mate, it's only Easter for, uh, isn't it, just the uh, the Greeks, the Macedonians, a few other nationalities. We had ours last week, but uh, I think it you is. guys put on a bit better feed than the uh, Aussie uh, Easters. Oh, potentially, yeah. There was uh, <laughs> plenty of food floating around yesterday, so I uh, got stuck into it, and uh, now time to uh, burn it all off. Mate, that little uh, lady killer, your, your son Giannis, watching him go around doing an Easter egg hunt, like I said, mate, uh, absolutely sensational. Oh, he loves it. He's a, he's a funny kid. He was picking the eggs up, putting it in the in the basket, out of the basket, throwing them around, trying to eat them all. So, no, he had a good time. Mate, sign him up. A-League powerhouse Melbourne City claim a historic premiership three-peat. What a transformation since the club was purchased by the City Football Group in 2014. And amazing that both City and Sydney's women's teams have both achieved this remarkable feat this season. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, yeah, like you said, what a when when Melbourne Heart you know, came onto the A-League scene, um, they were a bit of a shambles of a club, to be honest. They were on life support, they, they, the Heart. They, 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 <laughs> str- they were. They, they struggled. They struggled. They, they limped. They... Um, you know, they, they brought in players like Harry Kuehl, didn't work, and everything they did sort of, um, you know, turned to turned to dust and not to gold. And, um, you know, since City Football Group have taken over, they've gone from strength to strength. They're, they're attracting top-quality players, both, um, you know, domestically, uh, young players. They've got a great academy, great uh, great setup uh, down there in Melbourne. And, um, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding there that they keep – uh, winning and and now three back to back minor premierships and uh, it's a huge achievement. Mate, after watching how PK is travelling in France, do you, do you think he wishes he was back here claiming his third title? <laughs> oh well, yeah, at the moment it looks like it looks like he will be down in uh, in League Two or maybe without a job next year. I, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's he's been tough tough pickings for him over there, but he probably does wish he was still back here or at least saw out the season here and then and then maybe went over to the Tour next season. So. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be happy and I guess proud of the lads for for you know going three peat. But um, he he'll probably be uh, feeling a little bit envious, I think, as well. Ulfak Talley is to depart Wellington Phoenix at the end of the season. The new coach is to be announced next week or in the next few days. Two top six finishes, so third and six, and they just missed uh, finishing seventh in the 2020-21 season when they had to relocate, re- relocate to Wollongong. But in the 2020, in his first season, he uh, he was voted A-League Coach of the Year, so he's been a huge success and he's a massive loss for the Phoenix. Yeah, he's done a great job over there. Um, you know, he's he's probably, he, he went over there when, when times were tough and then obviously they went through the COVID period where they were playing away from home. They were stuck in Wollongong for a season. Um, so what he's what he's done and, and what he's built with, with what he had to work with and, and the circumstances he had to work under, um, I think he's done a tremendous job. And um, yeah, he's I think he's got ambitions to to coach overseas, whether that means you know abroad in in Europe or if he means overseas as in back in Australia. Because you know if you're reading between the lines, there's a few clubs uh, circling, so I'm not too sure where he's going to end up. But um, yeah, he's done a tremendous job over there and, and deserves to be. 
um, you know, no disrespect to Wellington, but potentially at a, at a slightly bigger club or, or get a move, um, bigger club in the A-League or get a move uh, overseas in, into Europe or, or Asia. Maybe there's a swap deal for PK. Maybe PK's on his way back to the A-League and uh, Wolfie will get his wish of going and coaching in Europe, but uh, maybe wishful thinking. Uh, job well done by Wanderers coach Marco Rudin and his players on sealing a return to finals football six years and five permanent coaches later, ironically achieving it against the last coach to have secured a top six finish, Tony Popovich, no less than the amazing Wanderers fans deserve. Yeah, look, it's good to see them back in the finals. Um, they've obviously struggled over the last couple of years, or struggled since Popper left, really. And um, you know, they, they've they've been just poor all around. Um, you know, lost lost a lot of their fan base, but but hopefully now with the, with the wins, uh, that'll start to build up a, a, again. And um, you know, finals football is nothing like finals football that that brings a crowd. So hopefully, the fans get behind them. Uh, Western Sydney gets behind them. And I think uh, Marco Rudan's really tapped into the, the culture of of the Western Sydney people, and he's he's driven that into his players and instilled that in his players, and it shows in their performances. But um, you know, they've been brilliant this year. Um, you know, Brandon Barello has been phenomenal for them. He, he's been brilliant, um, and a few other players as well. You know, Marcelo at the back. Uh, you know, minus his his slight antics when he plays um, in, in the couple <laughs> in, in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, he's he's a, he's a leader. He's a strong player. Um, and, and I think they've they've brought in some some good quality players as well. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were saying that they're a threat to Melbourne City on their day. Yes, they are, but they still need to find that consistency. And um, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Sam Kerr just continues to show the world she's an unbelievable player and a regular match winner, scoring the only goal in a 1-0 win over Aston Villa to put her team Chelsea into a third consecutive FA Women's uh, Cup final to face rivals Man United on the 14th of May. Exciting times for her. Also brilliant news for the Matildas with less than 100 days before the World Cup kicks off. And a great week for her, also scoring a goal in the Aussies 2-0 win over the Euro champs, England. Yeah, huge week for, for Sam Kerr. I'll tell you what, if she keeps bagging in goals for the women's team, she might get a run in the men's team. Frank Lampard might call her up. Oh, I reckon he's probably rate. already called her a few times and oh, she's just honestly, blocked his number. Uh, yeah, yeah, she probably has. <laughs> uh, I think she's she's probably too good for the men's the men's side at the moment. But um, yeah, no big week for her, and, and she came off injured in that game against England. And, and you're thinking maybe she's going to miss the weekend's game, but um, she plays, she scores a goal, and and they're off to a final against uh, Manchester United, which is a huge game. Yeah, absolutely magnificent for her, and uh, hopefully uh, great signs for the uh, Matildas in the coming uh, coming months. Sad to hear about the trouble between Sadio Mane and L- Leroy Sane after the loss to Man City in the Champions League. Mane allegedly punched Sane in the face. Never a good look for football, but it's also not nice to see that in a professional squad it affects the teammates. Uh, Bayern's dynamics in the squad and is a bad look for young players who watch them. It's claimed that Mane would like to put it behind him but he's also grieving the death of his aunt in Senegal last week. And Sane has asked the club not to punish Mane too harshly and would like to close the chapter as soon as possible. It's a bit of a dog's breakfast, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit of a dog's breakfast, but at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're two adults, they're two grown men. Um, things get heated in, in the dressing room. I've, I've been in dressing rooms before where, you know, things have been thrown, there's been punches thrown, there's, you know, people have been pushed. Um Unfortunately, these things happen in the heat of the moment, but um, you know they, they need to move on from this pretty quickly because they've got you know they've still got a, a season on, on the line, um, a Bundesliga on the line. Um, I think they're only two points ahead of uh, Dortmund at the moment um, at, at the end of the weekend, and um, you know 
they they slipped up with a with a draw against uh, Hoffenheim and then Dortmund. Lucky Dortmund drew three all and and slipped up there. Otherwise, they would have been equal on points. So um, they, they've got to get on with this. They've got to put it put it behind themselves. Um, things get said and, and done. Um, Can you really you ever know, forgive uh, a teammate, Vig? Can you really I'm ever forgive someone that punches you in the face, but? Yeah. Deep down, prob- probably hundred <laughs> percent, probably not. Probably not. If I punch you, you in the really... face on the show, I know you never <laughs> talk to me ever again. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, there's been I've played in many football teams, and there's many football teams around the world where everyone, you know, not everyone's friends, not everyone gets along. Right? It, it's at the end of the day, it's a job, it's a profession. You need to be professional. You need to go out there and perform on the pitch. What happens off the pitch? You know, stays off the pitch. It's it's the power of social media these days. These things would have happened 20, you know, 15, 20 years ago and no one would have heard about it. It would have been a scuffle in the dressing shed and, and that's it. It would have been, you know, swept under the carpet. It would have been sorted in the dressing shed by, by the players and that's it. But now with social media, word gets out, some people start talking and, you know, it, it spreads like fire. So these things happen. Um, it's it's not a great example, um, you know, for the, for the younger generation, but... It's football, and and things get heated, things get said, things things get done, and you know they, they need to just move on quickly for it, and and you know get back to playing football because uh, that's what they do best. Oh, you got to feel a bit sorry for Thomas Tuchel. I don't know what he's done to deserve this, but bad luck seems to be right. flying around everywhere. But he's a former Chelsea coach, so uh, I can't say that I, uh, I mind it too much. But uh, Aussies abroad, the most success was over in Norway with Gianna Stenesnes playing 90 minutes, Nick Diagostino with two assists off the bench, and one of them was for his Aussie teammate Patrick Yazbek for his first goal ever for the club in Vikings 2-0 win over Lidlstrom. Also in Serie B, uh, Fran Karasic grabbed an assist in his side, Brescia's 2-2 draw with Spal. And Nagoya Grampus's keeper, Mitch Langerak's goal is finally breached, but his team still defeated Kawasaki 2-1. Yeah, good, good news coming out of Norway. Um, obviously, Patrick Yazbek with his first goal for Viking. Uh, Stensness with a, with a full 90 and uh, D'Agostino with two two assists off the bench, which is um, you know pretty good for a striker. Normally, the strikers like, like to hold the ball and score the goals themselves, but um, you know, un- unselfish. Uh, Nick's uh, put one on a plate for his uh, Aussie teammate uh, Patrick Yazbek, who great finish by the way. Nice little through ball, and he, he's run onto it and um, very, very calmly put it away. And um, they, they get their, I think, their first win of the season. It was nice to, to see some different names on there. I know we've been talking about Sampali and uh, Millsborough and all these sorts of clubs, which is you know we love to see. But it's nice to see a few new faces, Aussie new faces, on that uh, list of successes this week. Inspirational and amazing human being, Bulls physio Brendan BMW Wyatt completed the 160k uh, run plus GST, actually running 170 kilometres, smashing the record by more than an hour. So uh, he put his body and mind through every mental and physical challenge you could imagine for the benefit of others and seeing him at the finish line, he had nothing left. I can honestly say I was no prouder to call a person my friend than I am than I was of BMW. This legend just always puts others first and makes everyone else around him's uh, life better. I love you, mate. Uh, fantastic job. So far, you've raised $16,395 for the Brain Foundation Australia in memory of uh, Lily, uh, Yuli Davia's uh, wife. And uh, you can still help by going to the mycause.com.au link we have set up on our Direct Me page to increase the amount he donates to Brain Foundation Australia. Yeah, huge. What a what a what an effort. There's there's no words that can that can really describe it. You know, 
and and plus he got you know he, like you said the the extra 10k tax so I, I don't know what he was doing he took the wrong turn or something did he mate i don't what think if, 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 if there was no um finish finish line he might have just kept running like forrest gump and run 400 kilometers i don't know yeah, <laughs> what he, he was gonna do he, the guy's just a weapon he, he probably would have he, he was absolute machine and um you know it's good to see uh, lots of people out there supporting him and, and supporting him at the finish line because you know it's a it's a tough tough thing to do and um, obviously very proud of him and um, you know we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago he'd only rate you know six seven thousand now he's saying it's over sixteen thousand um, you know come on let's get him to twenty so let, let's 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 do whatever we can you know a couple hundred bucks here and there fifty twenty whatever you got let, let's try getting to to twenty thousand and uh, support his scores. Yeah, look, if you ever go to war, you want him standing alongside you. And special mention also, obviously, to Uli because of the fact that every time this is mentioned, it, it opens an old wound for him, which is obviously very painful. So, you know, obviously, uh, hats off to him, but also to the players of MacArthur Bulls. So, you know, you've got, they played a game uh, earlier in the day against the Jets, and then Craig Noon's uh, bolted down to the race, and he's jumped in and run 35 kilometres. And I think the goal scorer also went out there and uh, ran some time with him. And, and I think the, the uh, Anthony Creer, the fitness trainer, he also jumped in. So it goes to show, okay, the Bulls are having a pretty average season, but they are a very tight unit and goes to show they are very good people. So, uh, look, yeah, like you said, let's get this up to 20,000. PL News, City get the job done against Leicester to move to within four points of Arsenal, who tripped up at London rivals West Ham, having to settle for a draw. If City wins the game in hand, they will only be a point behind. So uh, (laughs) the Gunners are starting to get pretty nervous. Aston Villa's amazing redemption continues, hammering top four hopefuls Newcastle United 4-0 to remain six, three points behind fifth place Tottenham. An important 2-0 win for Man United over Forest gives them some breathing space in the hunt for Champions League football next season. And huge wins for Bournemouth and Wolves in the race to avoid the drop. It's all happening in the, in the Premier League. Um, Arsenal just stuttering a little bit. You know, they, they looked so comfortable the first 20, 30 minutes. They were just absolutely dominating West Ham. West Ham looked like, you know, they, they were, they're destined, West Ham honestly looked like they were destined for the championship. They were playing that bad. Arsenal were just absolutely bopping them around. Um, scored two lovely goals. Um, and, and you think at that stage, the, you know, they're going to walk this one in, three points in the bag. They'll keep their, you know, what, Three points would have been seven point lead with with City with the game in hand. So, um, you know now things start to get close. Four points with and City have the game in hand. Um, West Ham get that point to to sort of take them a little bit further away from the drop. I think they're three points. Um, they're they're on or four points. Sorry, above uh, Forest now, who are on twenty seven. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's looking looking dim for Southampton at, at the bottom of the, of the table. They're they're probably. Odds on favourites to go down, and then you've got Leeds, Everton, Forest, and, and Leicester sort of battling it out, and, and West Ham and, and now Bournemouth have, have even um, jumped jumped West Ham as well. So, um, lots happening. Uh, it's it's you know uh, it's Arsenal's to lose really. Look, they're they're, they're going to have a, a one point lead over City. Um, they've got some big games coming up. And um, uh, City are firing you know, in the Champions League and as well. They're, they're looking ominous, yeah, absolutely ominous, yeah. City. Yeah, like I can't see Bayern knocking City out of the Champions League this week, um, and you know they're 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 flying. They'll, they'll get another win there. Um, they should win their their catch up game, and it's it's going to be on for for young and old until until the, the final day of the season, pretty much. So what are there seven eight games to go? So City yeah. have got eight games, and and Arsenal have got seven. So it's it's getting exciting, and it's getting exciting to both ends of the table as well, and also. 
um, for your boys, Spurs, in their quest for, for European about. football. Oh, absolutely rubbish. Hey, sorry, I'm, I'm, I deliberately passed over it. We were rubbish. Us and Chelsea oh. at the moment are both terrible. The two worst teams in the Premier League. I've opened a little wound for you too, haven't I? So, yeah, you have. All right, let's move uh, on. <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> Fucked or Fiction is back with an added cool twist. I am bravely or stupidly going head-to-head with VIG Stats Man, the Human Football Encyclopedia, and hopefully the football gods are on my side. We wrap up the first week of the A-League Women's Finals. Revolutionised roundup of the week's uh, men's games. Is there anything I didn't see? VIG. Uh, I'm going to go to the Bundesliga because we, we're talking about the Premier League and, and how close that is, but it's, it's also close in the Bundesliga. So Bayern are... A two-point lead over Dortmund, who who slipped up, and um, you know Dortmund they went three-two up uh, in, in the dying minutes of, the, of their game, and, and thought they had a win in the bag against Stuttgart, who are also fighting relegation. Um, so things are happening at both ends of the table, and um, they, they they go. Gio Reyna puts puts uh, Dortmund three-two up in in the ninety-second minute, and then five minutes later, the ninety-seventh. Uh, Stuttgart go length of the pitch and, and make it three all. So um, that they get find them Stuttgart jump out of the relegation zone and and Dortmund um, are now still two points behind Bayern, but they could have gone uh, equal with them on top of the league. So all happening in the Bundesliga and some big teams uh, likely going down. Hertha Berlin at, at the bottom of the table. They lost to to uh, the team that were that were previous bottom of the table, which was Schalke. So Schalke have jumped them. And are now uh, equal points on on twenty four points with Stuttgart, so it's looking like Hertha are going down, and potentially Stuttgart and and Schalke and and also Hoffenheim, which are a big team, Augsburg and and Bochum are also in the in the race to go down as well. So uh, plenty happening in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so exciting, and uh, only time will tell who goes and uh, who stays. A League uh, women's wrap uh, for this week uh, was just the two finals. So uh, the first game, obviously, being the Melbourne Derby. What a Melbourne Derby! What an elimination final! What a game! Victories: Molina Ayres with a hat trick, Rihanna Policina returned fire with a double for City, and a late Casey Dumont penalty save looked like she'd won it for her team in normal time. But a late, late Hannah Wilkinson goal made it three-three, sending it into extra time and penalties, where Dumont was again the hero. And uh, victory won and progressed on 4-1 on penalties. Melbourne victory now heading into the preliminary final showdown with fellow heavyweights, Sydney FC. Oh, honestly. What a game. Want, what a game. Oh, I'm shaking my head. I'm just looking at, you know, if you want young girls to, to play, you know, aspire to play in the A-League, just put this game on repeat. Let them watch this game because it had absolutely everything. It had hat-tricks. It had penalties. It had, uh, it had saves. It had... Um, you know, end-to-end action, goal scorers from from both teams. It had, uh, a, you know, even in the penalty shootout, Casey Dumont took a stepped up and took a penalty, and you know she calmly slotted it. She's she's got ice in her veins. Um, after you know she she saved the penalty as well. Oh, she, it was just phenomenal. They had everything. It had it had red cards. It had uh, stoppage time equalizers. Um, it was just a, a great advertisement for for the women's game in Australia and. Um, you know, a, a huge, huge derby game and, and fitting of a, of a finals game as well. So um, just a crazy, crazy match and, and hats off to, to all the girls who, who played in it because they put on an absolute show. It was brilliant and I think everyone would have loved it except if you're a City fan. But uh, the other final was between uh, Western United and uh, Sydney FC. 
Western United's fairy tale season continues as they soak up Sydney's extreme pressure and sting the Premiers with the only goal of the game scored by Golden Boot winner Hannah Keane, earning themselves a spot in the grand final and a week's rest while Sydney will have to brush themselves off and uh, battle bitter rivals Melbourne Victory for a place in the big dance on the 30th of April. I tipped uh, Western. Yeah, well, I you, said to you, I was going to say, it. yeah, yeah. You, you did pick this one. You did pick this. One. I thought, I thought the fortunes might, may change for Sydney, but um, you know, it was nice to see the girls actually playing after the uh, the men's side. That you know, it was good to see the crowd hang around, and I saw some pretty cool uh, pictures of Max Burgess hanging around after his game, uh, signing some autographs and and hanging around the stands watching the girls as well. So um, that that was great to see and. It was a, a great game, you know, not as exciting as, as the other three all that, that we got the day before, but, um, you know, 1-0 and, you know, Western, Western United to, to come away from home and uh, keep a clean sheet against a, a Sydney team who have been banging goals in the, recently in, in the last couple of weeks and um, keep a clean sheet, get get the 1-0 win and, and they progress to the, to the grand final and, and Sydney have to pick themselves up again and, and play a victory team who are now full of confidence and, you know, they've got a, a goalkeeper who's saving penalties, taking penalties. Uh, they've got a, a striker up top who's just come off scoring a hat-trick. So it's going to be a, a fascinating game. And, um, you know, whoever wins that will, will go through the grand final. Western get a get a week off and uh, they can they can relax and, and enjoy themselves for, for another week and, and then get, get uh, stuck into preparing for a grand final. Yeah, look, the Melbourne derby was sort of like the All-Stars. It was just entertaining plus, whereas the Western United-Sydney game was a real final Real finals atmosphere, not wanting to give an cagey. inch, yeah, not getting anyone an inch and, and only one goal in it. Obviously, compared to six in the previous game, so it'll be interesting seeing the entertaining victory against a, a yeah a more conservative Sydney. But uh, let's see the best team win. My weekly rap has been replaced by a shout out dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. It could easily have gone to victories Molina Ayres, as we mentioned, for her match winning performance, her hat trick against uh, City to help them progress to the next uh, the next final. But uh, this week's shout out can only go to one person, my hero and my friend Brendan BMW Wyatt for his unbelievable selfless act of running 170 not 160 kilometres in record time to raise money for the Brain Foundation Australia in honour of his good friend Uli Devia's wife Lily. And the song we send to you is Foo Fighters' inspiring track, My Hero. Nothing more to say than super proud of you, mate, and you're a megastar. No, you've said it all, mate. Um, he is his absolute hero. Uh, he's doing it for a great cause. And, and like I said earlier, let's, let's try and get it up to uh, 20k for him. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. A-League men's table, Melbourne City, 49. Adelaide United, 41. Central Coast Mariners, 38. Wanderers in fourth, also on 38. The Wellington Phoenix in fifth on 32. And in sixth, also on 32, is Sydney FC. And uh, the two big movers who have uh, jumped over the top of the roar and the glory is Newcastle sitting on 29. One win outside the uh, top six, as well as Western United, who are also on 29. Sydney with a much-needed confidence-building win. Adelaide stumble, hands City the Premier's plate, and also allows Mariners and Wanderers back into the top two race. And Newcastle and Western United's wins give them a chance at finals football. Yeah, a bit happening, really. Um, oh, so much to talk all, about. Yeah, <laughs> there is. There's heaps to talk about. It all started with the uh, with the Newcastle Jets uh, keeping their finals hopes hopes alive, and and that absolute belter from Brandon O'Neill. Um, and yeah, obviously Adelaide uh, left the door a little bit ajar for, for Central Coast and and Western Sydney to to jump into that second spot. And um, Sydney, with, with their win uh, over Perth, have, have sort of pushed pushed Perth further away. And um, you know it, it's it's down to now. You know Wellington and, and Sydney have that fifth and sixth spot at the moment, but um, you know Newcastle 
and Western potentially uh, are still in the race. Let's dive into the games now. So our revolutionised roundup, we select a match of the uh, day each and then we do a mini review of the other four. The match of the day, we give you the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point and what we would have changed, either Coach VIG or Geo, to uh, have got a re- different result. The first game, the Friday night game, was the uh, Newcastle Jets hosting MacArthur Bulls. The final score was 2-1 to Newcastle Jets. Newcastle conceded another stoppage time goal and it appeared they would have to settle for a draw. But a stunning strike by Brandon O'Neill keeps the Jets' finals hopes on life support and ends the Bulls' slim chances. But they're still the Kings of wasting chances. 24 shots to their opponent's eight. I saw Soterio. He had a header from four yards out. He headed the ball out for a throw-in. I've, I've never seen anything like it. These guys, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if they had two, two one as pick the score or what it was, but honestly, all this brilliant build-up play, and then, uh, I don't know. I just can't put my finger on it. Uh, they've got to, they need to do some more shooting practice at, at training. But, yeah, what a what a phenomenal end to the game. You know, it, it was looking like it was, it was going to finish a, a draw, and uh, Brandon O'Neill picks up the ball in midfield, and he... He kind of looks up and he's he, he's got all this time. I don't I don't know what what the uh, opposition were doing, but they just didn't shut him down. And he's he's looked up. He's got a bit of time, um, and he's sort of just he's seen the keeper and, and he's gone. All right, bugger this! Let's, I'm, I'm going to have a dig here and uh, absolute rocket of a shot. Um, it was like uh, time stood be, still, wasn't it? Like the keeper yeah, stood was, there honestly, and, you're just, and you're sitting there like like with a remote control going, oh, hang on a little like, bit up high, a bit lower, left, right. Like no one moved. It was just it like – It was one of those moments where like the keeper, you're thinking, are you, you going to jump to try and save that? But he, <laughs> he was just sort of stuck in the mud and, and so were all the other players around him. But, um, you know, lovely finish and um, lovely interview after the game as well. Um, you know, he obviously lost his father recently and uh, he's had some tough times, He, he you know, was overseas, had to pack up, come back home, uh, go to Perth. Had, had you know, terrible family uh, tragedy that 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 happened, and you know, I know he was so close to his dad as well. And um, you know, he he said it himself. He said all all that hard work, the sacrifice, the the ups and downs. Um, you know, for for twenty seconds, it's it, it's all worth it because you know that, that's that's why we play football. That's why we love the game and. Um, you know, it, it can bring you so much joy. You know, the, the, there's so many hard times and, and, and ups and downs, but at, at the end of the day, it's those little moments that, um, you know, you, he'll look back at the end of his career on that goal and it'll be a special moment for him. Yeah, look, he's an amazing person. When he was back at Sydney, uh, they played one of the cup games or a friendly game and my son was fortunate enough to walk out alongside him and even though he had no kids at the time, he talked to Luca the whole way, spoke to him and I said to him after the game, mate, you are absolutely outstanding, even better than guys who had their own kids and understand kids. I can just tell you be an amazing dad, which he is now. So, mate, uh, I'm, I'm sure your father's very proud of you as your family are and, and we wish you all the best. The first of the two Saturday games was the Central Coast Mariners up against Melbourne City. How did you see this one, VIG? Yeah, the, I've picked this one as my match of the round. Uh, I, I picked it before before the game even you know transpired. I thought you know it's going to be a, a good game, and and I think it was. It was, it was a good football game for from both teams. Uh, ended up finishing one all. Uh, the the goal scorers were uh, for Melbourne City in the sixty third, Jordan Boss, and uh, for the Central Coast Mariners in the seventy eighth, uh, Josh Nisbet. Um, He's flying at the moment, isn't he, uh, Jordy Boss? Absolutely <laughs> sensational. Yeah. Yeah, and you can tell he's 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 played as an attacker his whole life, so he's got that natural attacking instinct. And and he's when he gets in the box, he wants to take players on and shoot and score. And he's good with both feet. He can cut in on his on on his onto his cut in onto his right or or go on his more more favoured left. So 
Um, he had another chance as well at the end of the game to um, that, that that was saved by oh, Danny Vukovic yep. as well. So, um, and this goes into my into my next bit. My, my player of the match was actually Danny Vukovic. Um, he made yeah, I think seven saves in total, five saves from shots inside the box. So. Um, he, he was a couple from J Mac, yeah, from close couple range. From couple from J Mac, I think there was a there was a great save in the first half. I think it was a header. Yep. Um, just just before just before half time that he saved, um, and then another two late on in the game. There was one from one from McLaren, and then another one from Jordan Boss who, who cut across. He, he found himself on the right hand side and cut in, and um, had a shot as well. And he's he's tipped that over the bar. So. Um, I thought both, even even Tom Tom Glover was fantastic in goals as well. And this game could have easily been, you know, three two three or four three or something like that. There, there was there was more goals in this game if it wasn't for the two keepers. But um, my man of the match was Danny Vukovic. Mate, that was a very it was finals like performance from both sides, and the Mariners will take huge confidence, won't they, heading into a final series with a draw against an excellent side like City? Yeah, absolutely. And and my turning point was. When when City did score their first goal, they sort of did shut up shop because they, they were thinking like we we want the Premiership and and they probably knew that a draw was enough to to get them that Premiership. So, um, I, I thought that was the, the turning point and that allowed Central Coast to sort of go at them a little bit more. I think City made a few subs, um, defensive subs, whereas the Mariners uh, went more attacking. And um, if I, if I roll this into what I would have changed, to be honest, not much. I thought both coaches, um. Did what they had to do at at, at the time, and I think uh, Montgomery, he he made a few few good subs, po- positive changes. He brought on Theo Harris, Moresh, uh, Wenzel Hawes. Um, although they were they were staggered, I would have liked to see him maybe bring you know the three of them on together at, at the same time. Um, but he but he did sort of stagger it out in in ten minute blocks. So um, and City perhaps maybe one one criticism is when they went one 0 up, they they did try to sort of. Um, they brought a, a few defenders on. Um, they made a few defensive changes, and, and that can impact a, a game or the flow of the game sometimes. Um, so maybe, maybe that's that's my one my, my one criticism. If I was City, I would have you know kept going at at Central Coast and and not sort of sat back and and been accepted accepting of of the draw. I guess. Yeah, it looks exciting. In saying that, City could have gone on and, and won it in the end as well if it wasn't for, for Vuka's saves. Yeah, exciting for fans if these two teams clash again in the final series, which is every chance they could. Uh, the second of the Saturday games was the Western Sydney Wanderers up against uh, Melbourne Victory. Goals uh, was, Final score was 2-1. Goals to Borello and Layuni finishing off the perfect counter-attack. Hands Wanderers a hard-fought win against 10-men Victory, confirming their return to final football and extinguishing former coach Popovich's side's ambitions. Yeah, look, disappointing for for victory. Um, you know, they find we were speaking about them. You know, what was it two weeks ago saying if they if they beat City in the catch up game, and then they win win a game, you know, they're they're back in in contention for the top six. But um, that that ship's uh, definitely sailed now, and they're at the foot of the table and in a spot where they they really shouldn't be with the with the quality they have, the coach they have, the facilities they have, the resources. Um, yeah, but with that said, yeah. Vig, you lose Nanny. Brimmer, the Agostino. There's a lot of blokes that have uh, they're out of yeah. that side at the moment. So look, you can make excuses all day for every single club on who aren't performing to their full potential. But when you look at the quality of players they have, and they've probably got more quality than a lot of the teams, so you think they might be able to get away with it because other clubs can't afford to lose players because of their lack of depth. They've got plenty of depth, but there's still a lot missing from that uh, star-studded lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And then on, on the flip side, the Wanderers. We, we spoke about their, you know. 
lack of consistency, I guess, you know, that they've had a good season. They're back in finals football where they need to be, but, you know, they've been thrown a lifeline by by Adelaide to, you know, they're back in the hunt to, to make the top two or finish second. So, um, it, it's it's interesting. I, they've they've done so well, but I still feel that they've still got a little bit to go to you know to really reach the heights of of a team like Melbourne City. Yeah, look uh, for me, Layuni's probably the buy of the uh, January transfer window, and Snydling was a fantastic acquisition. So uh, whoever made those decisions, whether it was Rudin or you know the sports director or whatever, take a bow. It was uh, a really 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 smart move. So the first of the uh, three Sunday games, which is quite unusual because there's normally only one or two of them, is the Wellington Phoenix uh, at home to Brisbane Raw. What happened here? Yeah, over the Dutch, um, <laughs> <laughs> finished in a uh, in a two all draw. Uh, goals in the eighth minute to Jay O'Shea, um, a penalty, uh, Oscar Zawada in the 35th, and then Jan Stas to put um, Wellington 2-1 up, and then uh, Scotty Neville with the equaliser in the 82nd. But uh, Jay O'Shea scores for the sixth consecutive game, um, so that equals the record set by... Very flattering, though. Very flattering. None <laughs> yeah, none other than uh, club legend Bessar Barisha. But I think... I think six of those guys. I think they've all been penalties, haven't they? They or have, but it's like, but it's like saying it's like saying a guy who's shooting free throws matches, uh, you know, Steph Curry's three point record. Like it's not the same. Like he, he shot three three free throws, and Steph Curry got one three pointer, and you're going, oh, they got the same number of points. Yeah, one's a lot harder than the other. Yeah, I know, I know. So anyway, anyway, a goal's a goal, and and JK will be taking it. He's been in fine form. Um, but yeah, you know, Wellington. They go two 0 one up and and they they're in control and and they they could have I think Borley had a couple chances to he could have made it two one and and then and then three one uh, oh no sorry three one and then four one I think he, he hit the post with one shot he hit both uprights and then a couple of minutes later hit the post again so he's hit the post three times with two shots and um, you know Wellington go on to to rue those missed opportunities and then Scott Neville pops up for a late equaliser for Brisbane. So tell me this, Vig um, Phoenix current run of games without a win. I think it's at four or five now. Sale, Lewis, Yagarkovic all advised they're leaving a few weeks ago, and now Ulfak Tale departing. Has this caused unwanted distraction? Even though everyone says it's business as usual, they were absolutely sailing along beautifully, and now all of a sudden they're like the leaky boat. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Ollie Sale took his sail down, so now, now they've got <laughs> now they've got no sail, and, and the ship's gone all over the place. So, um, yeah. In hindsight, so, now they must be thinking, "What a stupid move." Hundred percent. There's there's no question about it that those those decisions and and, and the way that those decisions were were publicised. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It's had an effect on the team, no doubt, and disappointing for the fans too. But uh, look, you know, you live and learn by your mistakes. Hopefully, they they realise what's happened, and you know, they still play finals football, so not all is lost. But they should have been in a position where they were pushing for a top two finish. And at the moment, they're lucky to hang into the uh, finals race. But uh, next game, the second of the Sunday games, was the uh, Sydney FC at home to Perth Glory, which is my match of the day. Final score was four one to the Sky Blues. Goal scorers Lafondre in the eighth. Adam Zimmerino equalising for Perth just before halftime in the 44th. Joe Lolly giving Sydney the lead again in the 51st. Robert Mack making it 3-1 in the 62nd. And then Ryan Grant rounding out things in the 72nd to make it 4-1. The uh, player for me of the match, there was a few quality performances with multiple players getting a goal and an assist, but I went for Lafondre because of his timing. He opened the scoring 
and then his assist six minutes after the interval allowed Lolly to give Sydney back the lead after the scores were locked at 1-1 at half time and it looked like the game was in the balance and they and they needed a much needed win so for me I think uh, like I said it was it was there was some good performances Ryan Grant with a goal and assist and I think uh, Lolly was the same but for me I think it was just around timing and so nice to see Lafondra back in form and uh, at the right time of season. The uh, turning point for me would have been after fighting hard to equalise, Perth ball watched four against two to allow Lolly to score. And again, 10 minutes later, four on two for Mac to extend the lead. So the ball's bouncing around the air. you got four defenders against two attackers. Just attack the ball. You've got three, three other guys to spare if you attack the ball. You're still outnumbering the opposition, but you just sit there and watch. I don't know what they were doing in... Perth have been real good the second half of the season, but I think they'll look back and realise it when you have, you know, two two on one basically, four on two. You you got a, a man advantage over over the opposition. You have to take care of those bouncing balls and just you know kick them over the sideline or play it back to your keeper or do something. So I think they'll be very disappointed that that's the way they lost the game. And what I would have done to probably change things was Ruben Zakovic waited until they were behind three one to make his first change. Then uh, Trent Ostler came on in the 76 at 4-1, which is way too late. And a few weeks ago, we were saying how dangerous he was. Sydney have got two good wing-backs in, uh, you know, Joel King and, and uh, Ryan Grant. So, and they're getting a bit tired. Ask some questions of him a bit earlier, you know, at 2-1 or something, even 1-1. Chuck him on and see how he goes. So I think he did it too little too late. And I think in the end, that means that his team's now out of the finals and it's been a, a great season to date for them. But uh, some lessons to be learned there for Ruben as well as uh, for, for the other uh, glory. Yeah, and, and look, Perth, they need to learn from this. They've got a young squad, um, you know, a few inexperienced players, but they do have some some older uh, experienced leaders as well, uh, you know, sprinkled them amongst that. But, but you know, they've built the foundation now. So I, what I want to see them do next year is go out and, and get their recruitment right, bringing players that fit the mould there, um, that, that are going to help those younger players. They've got some really good um, young players in, you know, Keegan, Yelisic and, and the like. So um, I, I want to see them build on this season. I, I don't want to see them, you know, take, take a, you know, two steps forwards, three steps back sort of thing. So... Um, hopefully next season they, they go out, they recruit the, the right types of players and 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 build on this and and progress. You know, they, they should be aiming to make finals football next season. Yeah, totally agree. And the last of the uh, games and the, the third of the Sunday games was Adelaide United welcoming Western United. What was the score here, VIG? Final score was uh, 1-0 to Western United. Uh, Connor Payne with the winner in the uh, 45th. So just before halftime, uh, Adelaide switched off. Um, They've, they've dropped the ball massively here, Adelaide, because you know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we're saying they, they're going to finish second. That they've been in good form, um, but they, they've left the door ajar for uh, for Central Coast and and the Wanderers um, to to come in and, and snake that second spot and and get a home uh, a week off than a than a home semi final. So um, it was a fairly tame half from both sides um, up until the forty fourth minute. Really, Craig Goodwin uh, had Adelaide's best chance. Uh, he, he was fed a ball, cut, cut in on his right, but um, his shot went straight straight at Jamie Young. It was a, a fairly soft shot. And then from there, you know, West United go the other end and uh, Josh Risden bends a – he cuts in on his on his left and bends a lovely ball to the back stick where Prijevic squares it for, for Connor Payne to, to tap into pretty much empty net. So it was 1-0 and, um, you know, I found Adelaide, they, they just weren't, weren't there. They were too sloppy, um, especially in the second half. Uh, or for majority of that second half, and, and they sort of came to life to life late in the game. Uh, Lockie Barr with the header from a corner uh, that came off the post, and um, you know that goes in. It, it's one all, and and they get away with a with a point. But 
uh, hits the post, bounces away, and then West United clear their lines, and, and that's all she wrote pretty much. Yeah, look, I think Adelaide were very disappointed because they uh, dominated and uh, that counted for nothing. And then a lapse in con- concentration, as you said, just before half time, allowed the visitors to uh, take the lead and score the only goal of the game. And the victory also kept uh, Western United's dreams of defending their title still alive, but ended Adelaide's impressive unbeaten run at 12 matches. So I think all in all, just a, a bad day at the office for Adelaide. And they've had a lot of good days in the office this year. So uh, I think they just have to cop it on the chin. But uh, that's the end of our revolutionised roundup. Up after the break, VIG and I clash in the game of fucked or fiction. Who has a better BS radar? Back soon. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the uh, the show. It's now fucked or fiction time. In this game, we hit each other with three football tales, and we need to decide if they are true or false, fucked or fiction. The story has to be 100% correct to be fucked, and if it's not, you're literally fucked. <laughs> Got the rules? <laughs> <laughs> They're the rules. Plain and simple. Yeah, they are uh, plain and simple. What, what, uh, at the end of the day, one of us is going to be fucked and, and the other one is, is going to be a winner. That's just <laughs> the way it goes. It's true. So uh, so we'll go one for one. I think it's probably the fairest way. I can't beat you at anything these days. So uh, always on the ball. Even now, uh, TFR Fantasy that I've led for the whole season, I've, I've fallen off the wagon and you've got me. So I'm hoping here I can redeem myself. Do you want to go first or you want to kick off or you want to, to uh, just pick what side um, you're on? Oh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll go first with my first question. All right, far away. So, uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll, yeah, you you got to answer first. So yep, um, my first uh, statement or, or, or question. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Antoine Griezmann, uh, French and uh, Atletico Madrid attacker. And um, is it uh, fact or fiction that all three of Antoine Griezmann's children are born on the same date? It is fucked. Oh, you, you locking that in? Quick, yeah, straight I'm pretty sure back. I've read it somewhere before. I'm, I'm hoping all to three, God. All three of his children yes. born on the same day. What's the date? You've what date were they in. born? Fucked. Um, they were all three born on the same day on the 8th of April. So one's born in, in 28th of April, 2016, 2019, and 2021. So, um, no, no tattoos really, required to remember, no birthday reminders. No if you forget that, you're disowned. You've got no kids and no wife if you forget their birthdays. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely he's, – he's nailed it. And, and he, he's got one day of the year. He's got to buy all the kids' presents. He does a, a big birthday party for them. Um, have a happy day. So, Mate, you need um, to be yeah, a La Liga. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, honestly, so we, we all know what, what he was doing nine months before uh, the 8th of April in 2016. So <laughs> He's a creature of habit. Before, he, he is a creature of habit. He's, he's like clockwork. And, um, yeah, just absolutely – crazy that that all three kids uh, are all born and it's not like he's got he's got triplets or, or twins or anything like that it's it's dead set three different three different cracks and uh they've all uh, rocked up on the 8th of april just like on the pitch he times his runs perfectly but uh the other thing is too he needs to be a pro footballer to pay for their 21st because they're all at the same time right <laughs> you're, gonna, does, need, you're gonna need a lot yeah. of money for that he does, and um, he, he does now wear the the number eight for Atletico Madrid as well. So, so maybe the, that's why he's wearing the eight for for Madrid. All right, one nil to the uh, the good guy. You're off the mark. How good! All right, in two thousand, my first one for you. In two thousand and six, Liverpool fan Adrian Haywood had a dream that Xavi uh, Alonso would score an own goal, and therefore placed a bet of two hundred pounds at odds of one hundred twenty five to one that his dream would become a reality. And against Luton Town, he became £25,000 richer when Alonso delivered for him. Fucked or fiction? 
What, what year are we talking? 2006. 2006. 2006. Oh, that, was, uh, that was my uh, high school, year 12 high school year. So okay. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I remember much from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from 2006. But, he, but he's also from the enemy, right? So he's not a United player. So I knew maybe this might cause a little bit of confusion in the mastermind. This has caused a little bit of confusion. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't remember, to be honest. I, I, I try not to watch too many Liverpool games because... I just don't like them. So um, I'm going to go with fiction for this one. You are correct. It was against Luton, but it was from his own half in stoppage time, actually his second goal of the game to help Liverpool to a 5-3 win in an FA Cup Classic. So he did place the bet, but it was for him to have scored from halfway, not to have scored I, an I, own goal. I, I remember the goal now. I do yeah, remember the yeah, goal. The best. It was, all right. It was from his. It was from his own half. It was. Yeah. So it's one-one. All right. Fire away. All right. This is um, one for the uh, for the Arsenal fans. Um, so ex Arsenal midfielder Alex Song has twenty seven siblings, seventeen sisters, and ten brothers. Fact or fiction? Fact. If you, you that was quick. That was quick. Yes. Fuck. It is true. And you are correct, yes. Oh, yes. 27 Get siblings. In. Get in. 17 sisters, 10 brothers. So he's, his old man's been uh, been quite busy. He's he's not as good. As, he's, he's going even better than uh, what Griezmann is. They're not he on the is, same day, are they? Same same year. Uh, I, 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 can't, <laughs> I, can't, I didn't dive that deep into the story, but okay. 27 siblings, uh, 17 sisters and 10 brothers, that's... Uh, yeah, that's that's incredible. And he only remembers sixty percent of their names, so that's oh, 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 honestly, <laughs> how, how would you? How, oh God, it's yeah. All right. Yeah. Most importantly, two one to me. Two one. All okay, right. second one for you to tie things up. Former Aston Villa striker and now pundit Gabriel Abonglahor was forced to apologise to his fans after he went shopping while his team lost two 0 at home to Liverpool. He was ruled out of the match through injury and was seen in Cambridge via a picture on social media out buying Christmas presents. Coach Alex McLeish denied any falling out with the player and insisted he had attended two hours of treatment and was told to go home and rest. Abonahor claims he watched most of the game on the TV, but near the end of the game popped out to get some last-minute gifts. Fucked or fiction? That's a, that's a lot of info there. That's a, that's a lot of... I, I, I'm going to have to... I had to listen carefully to see if there was a bit of a slip-up, but... Um, if I remember correctly, I think this is fucked. I, I, I think it's I think it's fucked. I, I, I remember him getting in a bit of trouble for for missing a game, and I remember him getting caught out shopping or doing something. I don't know if it was shopping, but I'm going to go with fucked. In actual fact, you are fucked because it was actually his teammate Darren Bent. So the story is correct. But it was his England teammate, Darren Bent, who was the one that got caught out shopping and uh, forced to apologise. So, uh, yeah, I loved it. I absolutely love you when you beat the offside trap and then they uh, go to the VAR and they realise we got you. So 2-1 uh, still to me with uh, one more for each of us. Fire away, VIG. All right. this, this I'll, I'll put this one on a platter for you. But um, uh, Diego Maradona once played for Tottenham Hotspur at White Hart Lane. Fucked or fiction? I'm going to say fucked. I'm going to say it was a charity match. You are on the money. So the the Argentinian international uh, appeared for international teammate Aussie Ardiles' uh, testimonial yes. Yes. against Inter in May 1986, meaning for one night Tottenham's midfielder 
Midfield consisted of Glenn Hoddle, Chris Waddle, Ardiles, and Maradona. Who oh, my God. With, heaven. Who, who turned up without his boots and had to borrow Clive Allen's. I should have included that. I should have made it a bit tougher for oh, you. I but, love that. But, no, seriously, imagine being at a game like that. Imagine, imagine being like you know, for for a Spurs fan, that's that's just absolute heaven, isn't it? Having having Maradona pull on the boots. And, oh, but that's how every uh, transfer window. We're signing Maradona, we're signing uh, Mbappe, and then we next morning we wake up and we say, oh, sign some guy from Southend. Honestly, that's uh, that's how it works. Uh, I hope you're not trying to sign Maradona this transfer window. Yeah, I know, not not, not good, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Won't be doing much for you. All right, so um, I've taken a 3-1 lead, so all you can do is get a consolation here. I just can't believe this. I'm a bit dizzy, actually, because I'm not used to beating you. So uh, the final one I have for you is former Germany and Arsenal goalkeeper, is it Jans Lehmann? Was dropped Jans by, Lehmann. Yeah, was yeah. dropped by F, uh, VFB Stuttgart for a German Cup match after he was seen downing beers at Oktoberfest only hours after a 2-0 defeat to Cologne without permission from the club. Coach and former Wanderers gaffer Marcus Babel was expected to grill the big name keeper over his actions in the wake of the defeat. Fucked or fiction? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna hide into nothing here. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this is this is fucked. Yeah, it is fucked. He uh, he decided. I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that he uh, he was distracted and he couldn't wait to get down to the uh, the Munich Oktoberfest and scull some beers with his friends, but it's not a good look after you've just copped a 2-0 win against a team that's not considered to be as strong as you and then you're out partying afterwards to celebrate. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what Marcus Bubble said to him. Maybe he sung one of his beautiful songs that he does now on social media and uh, gave him a bit of a, a, you know, a bit of a cuddle and a, I don't know what he would have done, but, uh, yeah, it was actually f- uh, fucked. So uh, the final score there is uh, 3-2 and a, a big, big uh, morale-boosting victory to me. Big win, yeah. I, I had to get your confidence back up somehow. So <laughs> I, I thought I, 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 was, I was a little kind with the, uh, with the questions and, you know, but, um, they were entertaining no, though, so I'm glad. You've, you've, you've absolutely nailed all three of them. Yeah, I've gone all right this time, but uh, thanks for the game. All right, moving on to our clinical finish, the uh, final part of our uh, show. So up first is our WTF, our What the Foot. So star Wellington striker and friend of the show, David Ball. You, you touched on this a little bit in the uh, Revolutionised Roundup. David Ball takes the gong this week. Usually Golden Balls, as we like to call him, adds goal contributions, but this week he was David Post, not Ball. He was destined not to score against the Raw, hitting the post multiple times in a crazy 60-second sequence. An amazing reflex save by inform Raw keeper Jordan Holmes also combined to somehow stop him from finding the back of the net, but it was just uh, David Post. He just couldn't couldn't get a goal. He couldn't. He he tried everything, um, and he'll be disappointed with himself that he he didn't finish one of those chances. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's hit hit the, the left upright, bounced across, hit the right upright. And even the Brisbane player who cleared it almost kicked it in the back of the net. Like he, he had to sort of kick it, hold it against the post, and sort of scoop it, scoop it out. It's it's crazy that the ball didn't go in that first time. And then, um, you know, a, a little while later, he, he hits the post again. So, um, yeah, what what the foot? We, we're not expecting that from from Ball. You expecting to to finish one of those? But I also, to be honest, I expected. So Zawada was close, and he's a real predator. You just clean the guy up over the line, right? And if you get a free kick against you, you get a free kick. But if you get the ball, even if you knock him over, he can't go anywhere, right? He's stuck on the line. It's like he's standing on a cliff, and there's nowhere for him to go. So he was he was stuck on the line with the ball between the post and his foot, and he had to sort of. They just didn't react know, quick scoop, enough, did they? The Phoenix. I'm not was, sure. I think it was Armiento from from uh, 
from memory, but um, it was yeah, like it was know. like they just heard that Ulfuck's leaving, right? And they're thinking, do I have a contract next year? Who's going to coach? And they just all froze for like ten seconds. They went, yeah. oh, you know what? We'll be fine. And they just started playing again. But at that stage, Arimiento had already cleared the lines, and uh, the opportunity had gone begging. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those moments where you're thinking just someone get a toe to it or, or someone do something, but um, yeah, nothing happened. WTB, what the ball? <laughs> Poor Bally. Make yeah. sure he doesn't listen to this one. Yeah, I know. All right, games to watch this week. High stakes clash when fourth place Wanderers welcome fifth place at Wellington Phoenix. Both the Jets and Mariners need the three points in the F3 derby and Western United welcome the Premier City in a must-win derby for the hosts. Yeah, some good games, actually. Um, like you said, I think that, that Friday night game, uh, the Wanderers and Wellington. Uh, Wellington not in, not in great form, and, and the Wanderers now have a sniff uh, for the top two. Um, Who do you tip there, VIG? The, Who do you like in that game? Oh, look, the way Wellington are going at the moment, and I just I, I can't tip them. Uh, you know, they've they're just out of form, and and you know, on a on a slippery slope. Uh, you know, hopefully they they make the top six because they deserve to be there, but. Um, I'm going to tip the Wanderers in this one. Okay. What about the F3 derby? Do you see uh, the Mariners uh, keeping the pressure on Adelaide for a top two finish, uh, or do you see the uh, Jets keeping their hopes alive? Yeah. Look, the Jets. Uh, you know, they, they they did. They kept their their hopes alive with a with that late uh, Brandon O'Neill winner. But I think Central Coast. I think they just have too much quality for for the Jets. You know, they've coming off a, a good. You know, come from behind one or draw with uh, with City. Um, and I think they'll be too strong, the Central Coast. What I like is that uh, not only do the Mariners look you know, really s- balanced and stable across the whole park, the way the Jets have been shooting, if I was in goals, they wouldn't score, but they've got Danny Vukovic, who's in amazing form. So uh, I think that just makes it a mountain too, uh, too tall for them to climb. But th- there's nothing uh, better for them to against their bitter, bitter rivals to go out there and stuff up the Mariners' uh, hopes of a, a home final. So uh, there's a lot of f- motivation there, and maybe uh, Brandon O'Neill's absolute cracker last week gives them a lift. But uh, from what I've seen in the rest of the season, they've been hot and cold and missing and chances galore so um, yeah I like the Mariners here what about the last game do you see Western United uh, causing another upset this week especially now that City have got first place locked in in the derby or do you think that uh, City will just go out there and get the business done yeah I don't know I think I think City will just get the business done they've, they've got you know quality all around um, you know that they they want to keep their momentum going uh, into the final series but you know, we have seen teams once they've they've won that minor premiership, they have switched off a little bit. I think they City even did it last season. Um, so so maybe they you know they they went out and celebrated the the minor premiership and um, maybe they are there for the taking this weekend and and West United can capitalise on that. And also Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory lock horns for the right to play Western United in their women's grand final. Who do you like here? Yeah, like you, like you said, you've got uh, a Sydney team who are, you know, have been disappointing in the final series the, the last couple of years, um, and, and now you've got a, a victory side who are coming off a, a huge um, victory over over Melbourne City in an absolutely crazy game, um, and, and Sydney coming off a, a game where they couldn't find the back of the net. So you've got a, a, an attacking team against a, you know, a, a, a team that's you know playing a chess match or that's come off just playing a chess match against uh, Western United and. And being done there, so um, I, I'm going to. Oh, I, I said I, I picked. I, I thought I, I said that Sydney would make the final, but 
um, after seeing the way that that victory played on the weekend, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if if victory uh, get the win. What concerns me is that, uh, and he's done like an outstanding job the last few years with uh, Sydney FC, but Ante Juric came out and said that he's not too disappointed because if they'd won, they would have only ended up playing one game in four weeks, but this way at least they get to play two games in in four weeks, so he's not disappointed they get no, to play again without a week off, and I'm like... Um, that's, that's, that's rubbish. That's just protect. That's just yeah, trying that's what, to keep keep his players moving. But that's why I'm concerned because when you say that, that's something that for me you're making up waffle right because you're trying to cover up something a concern about you know playing victory who are in form or that you can go out in straight sets again after being the premiers and you've got pressure on you because they've lost what straight sets are last. This will be the fourth year, right? So a third year or whatever it is. So third year. yeah, I just thought it was real strange that he said that. But uh, look, for Sydney's fans, I hope I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, it should be a great game. And uh, look, if it's even half as good as the uh, the Melbourne derby was last week, uh, we're all in for a, a real treat. Moving into TFR fantasy updates. So uh, my round score was 88, taking me to a total of 1943. But I believe you stitched me again. What was your round score? Yeah, my round score was uh, 101. So just, uh, it's just getting worse just, by just the week. Just over the line, uh, taking my grand score to uh, 1965. Look, you're edging away, but look, at the moment, I, I'm, at least I'm happy that I'm not scoring 50s and you're scoring 60s or 70s. You're scoring 100 every week. This has been five or six weeks in a row now, so I'm getting beaten by someone who's just doing a better job than me. So, look, there's no shame in losing to quality like that. But uh, for me, Captain Zawada got me um, – oh, sorry, Captain uh, Cummings got me uh, only six, right? So that was my big problem is the fact that he got me six, but it was doubled to 12, whereas Zawada got me 23, Neville 17 and Risden 12. So if I'd had one of them as captain, I would have probably pipped you for the week. So it was just a bad decision on who led my squad. There was plenty of cold guys, way too many to mention, but it was just the captain that got it wrong. Uh, like I said, I got a guy on six compared to someone on 12, 17 or 23, and I've had Zawada captain plenty of times, but since he had his baby, I thought he's um, kind of taken his you know, his eye off the goals and more on the nappies. So um, I've taken him out of the captain's role, but I'll probably rethink it again this week. Who uh, did the damage for you? Yeah, look, it was the, the Sydney boys bowed, bowed me out this, uh, this week. Uh, Ryan Grant with uh, 26 points, uh, goal and an assist. And um and Joe Lolly uh, with eighteen points as well with, with his goal. So damn you, Lolly uh, man! With, with, without without the two Sydney boys, I would have been in a bit of trouble. But uh, Craig Goodwin also got me fifteen, and and J Mac nine. How does he get uh, you fifteen my, in a one year loss? I can't believe this. This is rigged. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Anyway, that's that's why <laughs> I brought him in because he, he gets points even when uh, even when the team loses. So uh, phenomenal. Yeah, mate. Look, I, the way things are going at the moment. Uh, it's only, what, 22 points at the moment, but you're just getting away week in, week out, and just grinding away. Like I said, there's no big flogging here. You just keep grinding away each week, and you're just a well-oiled machine. So, look, I'm going to have to rethink. You know, we're running out of time. You've still got, I think, 22 subs. I've still got 12. So there's no point. You get nothing for holding on to your subs. So I think this week I just throw caution to the wind. I wish I'd, ne- nice. I ne- I wish I'd never got rid of Brandon Brillo six or eight weeks ago. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. I think almost as dumb as not bringing Goodman in, in, or McLaren at the start. But... Uh, you know that's that's what happens in in this thing. So uh, if you missed any part of the show or want to listen to the other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, also on Football Nation Nation Radio across their platforms, and uh, also up on our YouTube channel. So get amongst it, mate. Uh, what what game are you looking forward to most this week? Is it the uh, the women's preliminary final, or is it to one of the games that could determine the top six, or uh, is it something outside the box? 
Yeah, look, honestly, the the women's if if the women's final is anything like it was uh, last week in, in that Victory City game, then it's it's going to be an absolute belter, and and hopefully it is. Hopefully, it's another brilliant advertisement for the game. So uh, I'll be keeping a close eye on that one. Um, but I think I think for for the A League, um, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see um, what what the Wanderers do, and, and I think the F3 Derby is uh, interesting as well because you have got the Jets that. You know they're they're clinging on to to some sort of finals uh, hope and and the Mariners um you know want to get that second spot as well so I think that'll be an interesting one. Just do me a favour though, don't bring out that piece of road again or whatever they did last time that slab for the F three oh, trophy. The, if no, they do, surely that trophy's gone. It's got to be. Please get rid of that. Put it on eBay and, and trade it in for a toad or a, a, you know a, a, an old sneaker or something because oh. it's absolute rubbish. Like especially yes. when you have got one of the best teams in the country at the moment, the Mariners. That's embarrassing. They don't want to win something like that. Give them something good to win. Maybe they can get a football revolution hat or shirt or something. At least something worthwhile or worth some value. Imagine if Liverpool and Man United took a chunk of the, uh, I don't know, it's called the M M sixty three or whatever it is, <laughs> and presented that to to the to the captain, the winning captain at the end of the game. Seriously, <laughs> you can't, we can't be having that. Come never on, again. come on, guys, you know, banish, banish that, banish that trophy. Oh, you, I never want to see it again. You know the old saying, right? When they when that we when they go low, you go high. Just go high, A League. Don't don't go down low and, and get something like that. Anyway, plenty of important games that will decide the final spots and two women's teams in a big blue fighting for one GF spot. Thank you so much for your support of BMW and his 160 kilometer for AVM Quest, and you can still help. Hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And uh, we look forward to your company again next Tuesday. And until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you then.